Hallelujah. Welcome to Abide Forever. Come on in. Come on in. Listen, I want to talk about abiding in the midst of affliction. Okay. Um, the, the, the word of the Lord says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. The Lord delivers us out of all of them right so so that that is god's promise to us concerning uh the afflictions that we face throughout our lives so so we 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 want to um focus in on on this this evening and hallelujah i just pray that the holy spirit would minister to each of us concerning whatever we might be facing in our lives right now as individuals. And you know what? If you're not facing something, I, I ask that you pray, hallelujah, for those who are facing something, that for those who are in the furnace of affliction that you may know of right now. Okay. Hallelujah. So so let us let us unite in faith and in confidence and um, rest our hope in the Lord Almighty who ministers his truth to his children. Hallelujah. So so Father God, I thank you for your word tonight, Lord God. I pray, Lord, by the by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord that you would just wash us, Lord God, and cleanse us tonight concerning the furnace of affliction, Lord, that we will, um, you know, go away from this message with a with a better understanding, Lord God, resolving to have uh, the right posture, the right state of mind concerning our afflictions, concerning what we go through in our lives, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that you are righteous and you are holy, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are a great comforter and that you never leave us or forsake us, Father God. Now, Lord, I just pray and uh, come into union with you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. I surrender my members to you in this hour, God. My mind and my heart is yours, Lord God. My my, my tongue is yours, Father God. Speak clearly to me and through me in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that you, hallelujah, through your willing vessel will undo the heavy yokes of your children tonight. I pray this prayer with all expectation and hope in the one who is able. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. We're talking about abiding in the midst of affliction. And so we're looking at this 48th chapter of Isaiah. And today I want to present to us uh, a few witnesses, a few other witnesses who can testify uh, about this furnace of affliction. Uh, a, a, a few witnesses whose posture that we can look to uh, and, and find a better way, hallelujah, to stand victorious even in the midst of affliction. So the word of the Lord shows us in this 48th chapter of Isaiah that the nation of Judah has gone into what the Lord references as a furnace of affliction, 
affliction, okay? The furnace of affliction is, for them, is Babylonian captivity. And I don't know what your furnace of affliction is tonight, but I ask that you draw it near to your mind right now. Whatever that thing is that you're going through, whatever that 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 hot place, that uncomfortable place, uh, uh, that hard place, hallelujah, that you might be walking through, I ask that you bring that uh, uh, to the surface, Lord Jesus, by the power of your spirit, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord. Bring those places of pain up within us, Father God, that you might minister to those places right now, Lord Jesus. In the my, in your mighty name, I pray. Hallelujah. So the nation of Judah is in the furnace of affliction. Hallelujah. And we're not talking about any old people. We're talking about a chosen people in affliction. <laughs> you know, we're talking about the people of God finding themselves in a place of affliction. Hallelujah. We're talking about people who the Lord said was precious in his sight. So if I'm precious in your sight, Lord, then why do I find myself in the furnace of affliction hallelujah hallelujah so let us get an understanding tonight about the lord most highest furnace of affliction because it is indeed his furnace his furnace of affliction whereby he produces in us righteousness whereby he refines us he refines us he refines the faculties of our mind and our heart he refines us in our relationship with him he refines us in our understanding of who he is and how he operates okay so 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 i want us to know tonight hallelujah that when we shun affliction okay because i know that you know there are those who who they don't um they can't they can accept good from god but they they haven't come to a place of of, of truly accepting the sovereignty of God, right? And so when they come into those places of pain, rather than drawing near to God, they move away, okay? Hallelujah. They move away from the Lord. But listen, for us to shun affliction, for us to push back against the various afflictions that the Lord Most High allows us to go through, places us in hallelujah is also us being unwilling to share in the suffering of christ jesus our lord hallelujah the word of the lord tells us in isaiah 53 um starting at verse 10 the scripture says that it pleased the lord to bruise him hallelujah christ coming to the earth was him coming into a furnace of affliction <laughs> from beginning you know nothing about his time on earth was his he, he was um he he forsook the throne hallelujah he left glory to come into a fallen world where we abide hallelujah and from day one Jesus is even from the womb we're talking about assaults on his life you know when the decrees are released to kill all the baby boys that was an assault on the Messiah yet the Lord most high came into a furnace of affliction and Isaiah 53 tells us that it pleased the Lord it pleased the Lord to bruise him 
Hallelujah. He has put him to grief. This, this speaks from a place of intentionality. This speaks from a place of purpose. Hallelujah. That, that, that it pleased God to do it. That in his zeal, he performed it. Hallelujah. And that it was okay with God Almighty to put our Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach, to grief. That, that verse goes on to say, when you make his soul an offering for sin, hallelujah, Jesus Christ was put to grief in that his soul, hallelujah, was made an offering, hear me people of God, for sin. To accomplish what? To what end was Jesus Christ, hallelujah, put in a furnace of affliction to what end isaiah says hallelujah that he shall see his seed he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the lord shall prosper in his hand that the will of almighty god would prosper in the hands of christ listen to me the lord most high jesus christ our lord came into the furnace of affliction willingly when he came into the earthly realm that he might what hallelujah atone for the sin of the whole world and this is this right here really is our place of victory to know that jesus christ atoned for the sin of the whole world listen to me i remember a time where i was afflicted I was afflicted, hallelujah, and the affliction that I endured made me angry, and I remember going down the road driving, and I was angry, hallelujah, I was angry about the predicament I was in, I was angry about what I was going through, my heart, hallelujah, instead of, of, of coming into a place of peace and, and righteousness, I was angry, I was angry, I was mad. But it was right there in that space, right there in my anger, that the Holy Spirit whispered to me, Ebony, what crosses did you die on? And I couldn't think of one. I, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't think of one. There, there wasn't a cross that I had died on. So even hallelujah the thing that brought affliction into my life that afflicted me in my soul the lord said i atone for that hallelujah and, it, and if you can receive the atonement for your sin surely you can receive my atoning sacrifice hallelujah for 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 this affliction hallelujah for the transgression for the sin for the iniquity that brought forth this affliction hallelujah because i didn't i i i didn't die on any cross and i tell you that immediately brought me to a place of peace it immediately brought my mind and my heart to a place of resolve right because if i truly believe god and if I truly, hallelujah, accept and take him at his word, and I believe the fullness of what he has said, 
then what? Hallelujah. I've got to apply that to every area of my life. Every area of my life. So I can't stand in my wrath. I can't stand in my anger. I have to apply the blood of Jesus to those situations, to those, hallelujah, afflictions and wounds and stand in the place of victory. So, so, so Christ, Christ knows what it is to walk through the furnace of affliction, to be in the furnace of affliction. Hallelujah. And so he shows us a posture. Not only does he show us the posture through himself, but he also shows us uh, uh, how we can posture ourselves through other believers who have gone on before us. And so we want to look at them today. The word of the Lord says in his 48th chapter of Isaiah, um, I'm just going to start reading at verse 10. I encourage you to go back and read the full um, chapter in its totality. But the Lord says at verse 10, look, I have refined you, but not as severely as silver. Rather, I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Hallelujah. So the Lord has allowed Judah, the remnant, hallelujah, that still remains of his children to go into Babylonian captivity. Now, what we have to keep in mind is that, you know, we, we come into the furnace of affliction in a number of ways, right? One way, and I believe one of the fastest ways to come into the furnace of affliction is is through sin. And, and this is where Judah found themselves. It was because of their sin, their rebellion, their hard hearts, their stiff neck, their idolatry, their turning away from God, them wanting to credit uh, the outcomes of the king of kings to pieces of wood and pieces of gold that they had formed with themselves, by themselves, for themselves. Hallelujah. These idol gods. And so the Lord Most High uh, allowed them to go into a furnace of affliction. This furnace of affliction for Judah is Babylonian captivity. Babylon was their furnace. <laughs> Hallelujah. Babylon was their furnace. And so, so, so likewise, even with us, you know, um, when we sin, when we fall short of the glory of God, when we find ourselves uh, um, sometimes like even like in a lifestyle, like just kind of like truly getting caught up in some stuff that'll that'll get you to the furnace because the Lord says, listen, those whom I love, I chasten, I rebuke. I'm going to let you go in that furnace. Why? Because I got to burn that off for you. Hallelujah. That's what happens in the furnace, in the furnace. Hallelujah. The fire. The refining fire is supposed to burn up those things that are operating in us that are contrary to the will and the way of Almighty God. Hallelujah. So we want to get an understanding of our posture tonight. And so this is this is where Judah is in that fiery furnace on the basis of sin and rebellion. Now, if we go back to uh, in this 48th chapter, if we just read a few verses uh, prior to verse 10 what did the word of the Lord say to them he says what at verse verse 3 he says I announced things that happened at the beginning long ago 
they issued from my mouth, I proclaimed them, then suddenly I acted and they occurred because I knew that you were stubborn. Your neck and iron sinew, your forehead, hallelujah, bronze. Verse five, God says, I announced it to you long ago so that you could not say my idol did it. Again, he's talking to his children whose heart was always going astray. Hallelujah. But we see the Lord Most High's commitment to his to commitment to his people. And not only is he committed, not only is he or was he committed to, to, to Judah in biblical day, but he is committed to Judah today. God is committed to Israel. He's committed to the seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. The Lord Most High is committed to the believer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so this is what he's saying. So he's saying, look, I told you what was going to happen before it happened. I told you you were going to go into Babylonian captivity. I told you that everything that you had was going to be marched to Babylon. And as, as it was, it happened. But he also said, hallelujah, that he was going to deliver them as well. And so now we see, as we talked about on the last broadcast, the Lord Most High using King Cyrus to bring about deliverance for the nation of Judah. So yes, he marched them. He allowed them to go into that furnace of affliction. But he also says, I'm going to deliver you. No doubt about it. Like our affliction is temporary. It's not permanent. But but if we will allow, if we will surrender to the work of the furnace. Hallelujah. I think we, we, we can get out of it a little bit faster because some of us sit you've been sitting in that fire for a long time because you refuse you're refusing you you are taking on that hard heart hallelujah rather than uh having a heart of surrender hallelujah asking the lord most high father god in the name of jesus burn up everything in me that is not like you lord jesus that thing Hallelujah, that brought me to the furnace of affliction. I create an altar for it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, I offer it up today to you. Hallelujah. So we, we've got to we've got to start dealing with affliction differently. Amen. So so this is where the nation of Judah is. Now, for these last few moments, I just want to look at some godly examples um, who, who walked through that furnace of, of affliction. And I believe that they did it well. The word of the Lord talks to us about a man named Job, right? And, and, and the Lord tells us that Job was a righteous man. Hallelujah. Now, hear me, people of God. We were talking about Judah. Judah found themselves in a furnace of affliction because they were what? Stiff-necked. They had a bronze forehead. They were rebellious people. They were stubborn. They was always turning away from the Lord Most High. But what of Job? That's a that's a completely different setup altogether. And and not everybody is ready to have the conversation about being afflicted for righteousness' sake. Hallelujah! But God says He reminds us what that He is sovereign the lord most high is sovereign and, and because he's sovereign uh, uh the lord says to job have you he says to satan right uh, have you considered my servant 
Job. Job went into affliction, hallelujah, on a basis of a good track record, on the basis of the fact that uh, he was a righteous man, that he did love God, and he was serving the Lord Most High from his heart. From his heart. So I submit to us today that, you know what? We don't always find ourselves in a furnace of affliction because we're doing something wrong. Sometimes we are afflicted because we're doing something right. Let us look and see, hallelujah, what what Job's response was to his furnace of affliction. And I don't want to dwell here too long. But listen, when Job lost everything he had, go back and read that first chapter and you will hear you know, back-to-back bad report, reports where Job is constantly taking losses. But what does he say in this first chapter at verse 20, 20? Hallelujah. The Bible says that Job got up. He tore his coat. He shaved his head, fell down on the ground and worshiped. Hallelujah. I submit to you this evening that if you find yourself in the furnace of affliction, worship is a fantastic posture. Hallelujah. Job went into worship. Hallelujah. He had a heart to serve God. He had a heart to worship God. And what was his confession? His confession was, verse 21 says, he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will return there. Adonai gave, Adonai took. Blessed be the name of Adonai. Hallelujah. So so Job didn't throw no side eye at God concerning the losses that he had taken. He said, the Lord gave it to me and I ain't got it no more. It's all good. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I submit to you today that you can't say that but from a place of worship. That says that no matter what I'm going through, God is still worthy of my worship. Who he is to me don't shift or change because of what I am going through. I was afflicted, yet I chose a posture of worship. Hallelujah. And I tell you what, I know the enemy wasn't expecting that. He was, he was not, because what did he say to the Lord? He said, listen, let me lift, lift that hedge up that you have around him. And this is what Job is going to do. But Job did not respond in that way. Hallelujah. Job transitioned into a place of worship. So listen to me. That was just at the first part of it. But we know, hallelujah, that after that, the, the, the heat on the furnace was turned up. Listen, and so in this in this next scenario, we see that Job had sores all over his body. And this pushed Job a little bit, right? Because then, and, I, and what I see from this is the fact that, you know, it's one thing for me to take losses, right? Because losses are things external to me, right? But nothing pushes me, hallelujah, like for me to suffer in my own body. When them sores came on Job's body and he fell sick, that's when he began to want to know, okay, Lord, why? <laughs> why? Why am I in this furnace? Why have you brought me to this place? What did I do wrong? His friends sitting around with him trying to help him figure out 
where he messed up. He didn't mess up nowhere. He was in the furnace of affliction for righteousness sake. And I want you to know sometimes, hallelujah, when you know you haven't done anything wrong, yet you find yourself in the furnace of affliction, hallelujah, go into a place of worship. Hallelujah. Go to a place of worship create an altar on your heart lord this furnace has come for a reason if it is for righteousness sake lord god i surrender to you right now in the mighty name of jesus i create an altar in my heart father god for everything that can be burned up in this furnace, Lord God. Every thought, Lord Jesus, every emotion, Lord, everything roaming in the realm of my soul that might be contrary to this work of perfecting that you are doing in me, Lord God. Through this affliction, Father, I offer it up to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I invite you to burn it up. It is yours. Let there be nothing between me and you. Hallelujah. Let there be no distance, hallelujah, between us, but that my mind and my heart stay in union with you, almighty God. I rebuke all resentment, Lord, all bitterness, Father God, everything that's trying to spring up in me to cause a divide between me and thee, Lord Jesus, it shall not be. I won't let it, hallelujah. So I established this altar. And I make these spiritual sacrifices, Lord Jesus, because I want to serve you from the heart. And I know, hallelujah, that even in affliction, that you are with me, that even this is your furnace. So, so what do we know about Job? Job, hallelujah, he wasn't afflicted for sin or idolatry. He was afflicted for righteousness. He was afflicted for the Lord's name's sake. He was afflicted, hallelujah, for the sake of a, the kingdom. He was afflicted that I might be reading about him, hallelujah, in the 21st century and taking a page from his book and knowing that I can get through some stuff, hallelujah, that I don't have to turn away from the living God just because I'm going through, that I can take on a posture of worship, Hallelujah, that I can decree that though he slay me, yet will I trust him. If he didn't give it to me, then I wouldn't have had it. So blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Job is a good example for us today. Hallelujah of how to suffer for righteousness. How to suffer for righteousness. Listen to me, y'all. Then we have as an example tonight, David, right? So David, again, representative of Judah, representative of the nation of Israel. He, 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 he wound up getting caught up in some stuff, right? Hallelujah. And we can all relate. We've all been caught up. I've been caught up before. Hallelujah. I've been caught up before. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. God is a mighty deliverer. So David got caught up right he got caught up in adultery and everything you know he got caught up you know because you know he, he he wanted this woman so bad to be his wife that he 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 conspired to have her husband placed on the front line so that he can be killed so he's not only guilty guilty of 
a, a murder, but he's he, he's also guilty of adultery. Hallelujah. And then his life is just kind of spiraling and spirit spiraling out of control all because he did what he was operating in a spirit of compromise from the beginning. Because if we go and we read hallelujah about the timing of his iniquity, the word of the Lord shows us that it was time. It was a time when kings go out to war. And if memory serves me correctly, David was the king of Israel at the time. And so his appointed place of duty was at war, yet he compromised. I'm not going to go out with the soldiers this time around. And that's the thing we got to learn. Hallelujah. Whenever we're not operating in our purpose, whenever we're not um, uh, showing up for our divine appointments, doing those things that the Lord Most High wants us to do. Hallelujah. We, we, we're compromising. We're compromising. We're making space for a spirit of compromise. You ain't got to let but one one ungodly spirit come in. And I'm going to tell you, you know what they do? They put a rock in the door for the other jokers to come on. Now he got an adulterous spirit. Now he's got a murderous spirit. Hallelujah. But it started with something so subtle. <laughs> I ain't going to go out. Even though it's the season where kings go out to war. Let me let me move on. Hallelujah. David was afflicted because of sin. Hallelujah. He messed up. He made some bad choices. Amen. Hallelujah. And so listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. David shows us uh, uh, um, uh, another posture, right? So so Job, Job went into worship. Job said, mm -mm, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, right? Now, don't get me wrong. You know, when Job got afflicted in his body, you know, the Lord said, listen, stand up and answer me like a man. The Lord was like, where was you when I measured out, hallelujah, the foundations of the earth? Where were you? You know, Job wasn't nowhere to be found. What the Lord God Almighty was refining in Job in that furnace of affliction, hallelujah, concerning uh, the sores on his body. God's like, look, I am sovereign. I am the sovereign God. What do we say about abiding in 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 in, in the sovereignty of God? Yesterday or the day before on this broadcast, what do we say that God's sovereign is His absolute right to act according to His goodwill and pleasure in His timing? Hallelujah! So the Lord says, "I can do whatever I want to do, whatever I will to do." But we have to keep in mind that God wants good for us. He wants only good, and He wants always good. And even these furnaces of affliction are for our good. So David, Hallelujah! Uh, because of his sin, he finds himself in a furnace of affliction. But we want to look at his response. So we got to go to Second Samuel chapter twelve. Hallelujah. 2 Samuel chapter 12. Now watch this. So the Lord declared, you know, he has a conversation with Nathan and everything. You know, Nathan is like, hey, you are that man. Go back and read the whole chapter for yourself. Nathan was like, yeah, you, you're you that guy who did this, you know. Uh, so so, so what, what does David do? Well, well God's response is that their first, the firstborn son between David and Bathsheba would die. That is judgment. Hallelujah. So, so judgment has come to David's house. That's his, that's his furnace of affliction right there. That's his furnace of affliction. Now, now, now what we want to do is see what posture he takes. Hallelujah. So the word of the Lord tells us in Samuel chapter 12, I want to go to, um, hallelujah. Let's start at verse 
19. But when David saw his servants whispering to each other, he suspected that the child was dead. David asked his servants, is the child dead? And they answered, he is dead. Hallelujah. So, so the Lord carried out his judgment uh, against David. Um, hallelujah. And David was in a furnace of affliction. Now, now verse 20 says, hallelujah. Then David got up off the ground, washed, anointed himself, and changed his clothes. He went into the house of Adonai and worshiped. Hallelujah. So, so, so understand and watch this, that when his child was struck, David took a certain type of posture. David went into a place of intercession. David began to intercede, not because he want he he knew, not because he thought that he could overturn or manipulate the hand of God. Hallelujah! But he was seeking the Lord Most High for mercy. You know, he was seeking the Lord Most High for grace. Right? He knows that you know what, whatever whatever God judges, so shall it be. However, as long as my baby is still in time, hallelujah, as long as the baby is still with us, I am going to pray that the Lord Most High will raise him up. And so that's where David was. Verse 16 says, David prayed to God on behalf of the child. The scripture says, David fasted, then came and lay all night on the ground, but he refused and he wouldn't eat food with them. This was the posture that he took on fasting and prayer sometimes when you find yourself in the furnace of affliction you gotta move into a place of fasting and prayer because you you you, you know you want we want we're human we, we're going to cling to life we want certain judgments of God to be overturned and, and sometimes we don't even know that God's judgment is that you know this is gonna that this is gonna end in death that, that you know I'm going to take your child. David knew that because it was spoken. <laughs> but see, sometimes for us, we don't know that this is judgment that has come to our house, you know? And, 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 and so with that, we do, we can still take this same posture in terms of what? Fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer because it is only by the hand of God that this situation can be overturned. And we don't do it from a place of manipulation. I can't manipulate God's hand. His hand is too big. <laughs> what I look like? What I look like trying to turn? Like what? Well, how? I can't. I I can't even lift it. Like what? What he? How? So so prayer and fasting are not tools for spiritual manipulation. They are tools for surrender. Hallelujah! To truly seek the Lord's face. And knowing that this situation is in his hand. Every furnace of affliction that we find ourselves in is in God's hand. And guess what? Sometimes he might say to us, this will not end in death. Hallelujah. But sometimes his judgment might be, listen, I am going to raise him up, not from this bed of affliction unto life under the sun, but I am going to raise him up to eternity. And that is the determination that Almighty God made concerning David's son. Hallelujah. So what was David's response to that was? He was being afflicted. So, so, so he's fasting and he's praying, hallelujah. And he's asking the Lord most high to have mercy on his house. But watch this. 
once he finds out that the child has already gone back to glory, what does he say? He gets up, washes himself up and anoints himself. He changes his clothes. Hallelujah. He goes into the house of Adonai and worships. The word of the Lord says, then he went to his own palace and he, he went, hold on, he went into his own palace. And when he asked for food, they served it to him and he ate. Hallelujah. His servants asked him, what are you doing? He, they said, what, what are you doing? They said, you fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. But now that the child is dead, you get up and eat food. See, David understood something that many of us don't understand. Hallelujah. Listen. So what was David's response? He answered at verse 22 and said, while the child was still alive, hallelujah, I fasted and wept because I thought maybe Adonai will show his grace to me and let the child live. This is a posture that we take in a furnace of affliction when somebody that we love, their life is hanging in the balance. We are pleading with the Lord most high for mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because it's a vulnerable situation. That's all you can do. But what did David say? He says, but now that he's dead, why should I fast? Can I bring him back? My fasting ain't going to bring my son back to me. He's gone back to the Lord. He says, I will go to him. That is what I'm talking about right there. Hallelujah. That even in the furnace of affliction as it pertains to death, if God makes a judgment, hallelujah, that he is going to raise somebody up. That's, and, and, and hear me, people of God, to be raised up is our expected end. This is our expected end. Either the Lord Most High is going to raise you up from your bed of affliction, that bed of sickness. He's going to raise you up from that or he's going to raise you up from that to the exit of this flesh. Hallelujah. But it's still a raising up. And like David in his furnace of affliction, when the Lord Most High says, listen, I'm going to raise him all the way up. Hallelujah. I'm going to raise him all the way up. Come on out of that body. Because see, only God can call somebody out. You can't just leave your body. Hallelujah. The Lord Most High can only call you out of your body. And the Lord Most High said, come. Told that baby to come and he left. And David said, what? What shall I do now? I will go to him. Hallelujah. That is standing on the victory that we have in Jesus Christ our Lord. So, we, so what do we do? We worship. And we praise the Lord most high that even in this furnace, even in that furnace of affliction, that the Lord most high still reigns and he still has victory in the situation. Thank you, Lord. I will go to him. He said, it ain't over. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't over. And I want somebody to know today it ain't over. It ain't over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even to those who have taken their rest in the Lord. We are still connected by the Spirit of Christ. If they indeed rest in Christ, we are connected by the Spirit of Christ. David said, hallelujah, I fasted while he was alive, but fasting is not going to bring him back to me. But I shall go to him because at some point I'm going to 
escape this body of death. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, 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 so with, so with David, yeah, he was, he was, he, he fell into sin. He ain't falling it. He, he chose, <laughs> he, he compromised and, and, um, hallelujah. The Lord, uh, pronounced judgment on his house and David accepted God's judgment. And I, I want us to know, the Lord wants us to know tonight that the, the peace, peace, is at the point of accepting the judgments of God, you know, and, and that's it, you know, even, even if sometimes, some, cause sometimes we don't understand it, understanding will come, but in order to get your peace back, you got to accept what God allows. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, so, so, so David went into a space of intercession for his son and then he went into a place of worship okay hallelujah so we see some consistency right <laughs> between job's response and a little consistency between david's response but these are two men who had a heart for god they're serving for us this evening as examples of how to abide with christ even in the midst of affliction now in this last example this is an interesting piece. And I think that this one is where, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us find ourselves. Okay. This last example for us uh, tonight is a lady named Rizpa. Okay. And um, Rizpa wasn't afflicted for righteousness sake. Uh, she was not afflicted because she fell into sin. She wasn't afflicted you know, because she um, had a um, rebellious heart or anything like that. She was afflicted for the sin of somebody else. She was afflicted because judgment came to somebody else's house whom she was connected to. Excuse me. Whom she was connected to. That's a hard point of affliction. That's a hard. That's a, that's, all of these are hard places. Hallelujah. But that's that's a that's a very hard place also. When you are afflicted because of who you're connected to. You ain't do nothing wrong. And and, and, and the thing that about it with Rizpa is that the man who committed the sin, hallelujah, against God, he's dead. So he can't even atone. But the people he left behind have to suffer because of his choices. Hallelujah. Sometimes we find ourselves in the furnace of affliction because of people that we are connected to. Hallelujah. And, and, and sometimes it's judgments that God is still, uh, that God has made and, and or that are being um, exacted or fulfilled. And so let me, let me take you to the 21st chapter of um, 2 Samuel. Hallelujah. Let me see here. 
Yeah, the 21st chapter. Hallelujah. So, so, so watch this. Rizpa was in a, in an interesting situation. Okay. Um, hallelujah. And I, it's a very powerful thing that culminated. Oh, hallelujah. Um, hallelujah. There was, it was a very powerful thing that culminated at the end of, of, of this affliction. Okay. All right. So Sherry said, how do we know the difference? The, how do we know the difference between what? Add something, add something to that for me, Sherry, and I'll come back to it. But, um, okay. So let's see about Riz Pop. So the word of the Lord says in second Samuel chapter 21, watch this in David's time, there was a famine that lasted three years and David consulted Adonai. Adonai said, it is because of Paul and his blood stained house, because he put to death the people of Gibeon. <clears throat> Hear me. <laughs> He said it's because of, it's because of Paul and his bloodthirsty house. Listen, the nation have been under a famine for three years. King David confirmed. He like, hold on, hold on. We under we under some kind of curse. I mean, I got I'm gonna have to go consult the Lord. I gotta figure out what this is. This is not going to work. Hallelujah. Amen. So with with the with how do we know the difference? Let me is answer the question quickly. How do we know the difference uh, between the judgment of God because of someone else versus ourselves? Hallelujah. So here's the thing like when you you know whether or not you have come through your furnaces of affliction. You know the areas of your life that maybe were out of order in the past that you came to that you came to uh, a place of peace and reconciliation in Christ concerning right um so so once all you are sure that that all of that is resolved and, and a lot of times we know we you know you know um but whenever you find yourself in that furnace but you can't pinpoint it you can't pinpoint it to something that you did right to an action to an error in your way and, and and if it is something because of you the holy spirit will show you he will show you you know what that beam is that's in your eye you know he'll show you what that thing is that is in your soul that 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 needs to be purged that needs to be burned up that brought you to the furnace of affliction the lord most high will show you but if if there isn't any cause within yourself um, or a direct correlation between some choices that you have made or some things that you have done, hallelujah, and, and the furnace that you have found yourself in, then it is likely, it is likely, hallelujah, that this affliction is not on the basis of something that you have done. It could be for righteousness sake, like Job, or <clears throat> it could be atonement, <laughs> atonement for somebody else's house. And this is why prayer is so important. We can't just pray 
over, you know, just us in our immediate house. Hallelujah. We have to plead the cleansing blood of Jesus over every bloodline that is connected to us, right? Hallelujah. Over every, every person that is connected to us, every, every organization, entity that is connected to us, like every, even every alliance, hallelujah, that we find ourselves in. We have to watch over uh, those relationships and we have to plead the blood. We've got to pray, hallelujah, concerning every alliance in our house. Because, you know, like, like take for example, when let's say there is a corporation that's been um, operating, um, operating um, in a way that, excuse me, in a way that um, I, I'll say in a fraudulent way or 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 uh, in a in inequity, unfairness, right? You know that might prevail for a season, but then suddenly God's, God's judgment comes on that company let's say you work for that company and you know you know that they don't treat the employees fairly you know or you know that you know the company um has some practices that are not you know um fair or justice right and the word of the lord says that imbalance scales are an abomination to god so so things like that can prevail for a season but sometimes judgment can come to uh such corporations and so what happens when judgment comes to that corporation now if you are a child of god sometimes the lord most high will give you a mind to leave <laughs> And before you know it, you find yourself looking for other jobs or you find yourself that somehow you have a mind to leave this company. And so you go ahead and go. Right. And then maybe within a year, that company goes under. Everybody lost their jobs. Folks don't know how they're going to make ends meet. You know what I mean? Like different things like that. I'm just saying that's just an example of how, you know, judgment against you know, some somebody else or something else can have an impact on me simply because I am connected to it. Hallelujah. But the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous avail it much. Hallelujah. So we, we got to, we have to stay prayerful. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so going back to Rizpah, right? So they said, is you know, the David said, Lord, why have we been in a famine for three years? And God is like, hey, you know, it's because of Paul and his bloodstained house. He put to death the people of Gibeon, right? So, so there was a covenant between the Gibeonites and Israel, right? That that as the Gibeonites lived amongst the Israelites that they would not be annihilated, like they would not be destroyed. Um, so, but, but Paul, not Paul, but um, Saul had it in his mind and heart that he was going to um, annihilate the Gibeonites, right? He completely ignored the covenant, completely ignored the covenant. Hallelujah. We know we serve a God of covenant right and so again that goes back to what that's why we got to be we have to protect our covenants with all diligence and we've got to be careful about the people that we form alliances with right Rizpah is one of Saul's concubines right so there's a covenant relationship there and but here's the thing about her status 
she's a low she's a low status wife she's a concubine right so even in paul's even in um king saul's death there's no guarantee that rizpah and her sons are going to receive anything because she's not the main wife you know she's she's just a concubine so she she may have gotten some she may not have gotten some i i believe she may not um she 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 may not have gotten uh received much on the heels of his death but um so 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 saul is dead there's a famine over the land and so once god reveals the reason for the famine right david king david now he goes to the gibeonites right and what does he say to them he's like hey you know how can we atone how can we atone you know how can we atone for this let me let me find it he says um hallelujah hallelujah so so he says what what should i do for you with what should i make atonement so that you will be able to bless adonai's heritage the gibeonite said to him our dispute with saul can't be resolved with silver or gold he's like we don't even we don't want your money we don't we don't want your silver we don't want you to go keep it hallelujah keep it right but what did they want they said uh and we don't have the right to put anyone in Israel to death. He said, so what do you say that I should do for you? They was like, let's get to it. What do you want? What do you want me to do for you? So they answered the king, the man who ruined us, who schemed against us so that we would cease to exist anywhere. That is what Saul had in his mind, his heart that to annihilate them that they would cease to exist anywhere right and to make that happen you gotta scheme <laughs> like <laughs> come on that's that's that that is achieved through purpose being purposeful and intentional about it right and so so he says that that they that he says that who schemed against us so that we would cease to exist anywhere in israel's territory verse 6 he says have seven of his male descendants handed over to us and we will put them to death by hanging before Adonai hallelujah so so they were asking for seven of Saul's sons seven they want seven give us seven and we're gonna hang them before Adonai and so, so, so what that, what wound up happening is the king spared Mephibosheth, right? We know Mephibosheth to be Jonathan's son. So he, he spared him, uh, but he gave up Rizpah's two sons and then he gave up five grandsons, right? So that met the requirement of the total of seven. But watch this. The word of the Lord says that Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, took sackcloth, spread it out toward a cliff for herself and stayed there from the beginning of the harvest until water was poured out on the bodies from the sky, not letting birds land on them during the day or the wild animals at night. Hallelujah. So this woman, you know, she decided that 
first, first, hold on, hold on, hold on. First, you got to understand her affliction. Okay. Not only is she a widow, <clears throat> right? And so when you become a widow, you need your sons for survival, right? For your income, for your wherewithal. So now she's atoning. She's atoning for a man that she wasn't even his number one. Huh? <laughs> How hurtful, right? How hurtful. Like, like get understand, like, like just like settle in that that affliction. This affliction. How this done fail to me? To me? I I I wasn't number one in the house. I didn't get all the glory in the house. I wasn't the main one. He didn't have this heart, this depth of love for me. But it is with my sons that his sin would be atoned for. We're talking about when we are in the furnace of affliction on the basis of somebody else's actions simply because we are connected to them what what did what did Rizpah do what was her posture this right here blue blow blows me away right because hallelujah what i see with Rizpah is that Rizpah placed a mandate on the kingdom she placed a mandate on the kingdom right so so it's like okay you go you're the king if you say you're taking my sons, you're handing them over to the Gibeonites, I can't stop you. I can't. You know what I mean? She know she could not stand in their way. Hallelujah. But this action that she took to spread that sackcloth out on that rock, fight those birds off by day and those beasts of the field off by night, this was her placing a mandate on the kingdom the kingdom in the earth because here's the thing whenever somebody dies right you can't just leave their bodies out there like that there are customs and laws in place right and and under the laws of the land david should have had them taken down not only that we're not talking about just any old body we're talking about sons of kings sons of a king they should be buried with honor, no matter what. But here they are, still hanging. And the king, he's done going on about his business. And nobody cares but Rizpah. And so, so she's placing a mandate on the kingdom for change. Like, my sons are not going to stay up here being dishonored. These birds are not going to eat their flesh. She's like, you know, no matter how long it takes, I'm going to be out here on this rock fighting this fight. Hallelujah. Until the king acts. Until the king responds. This is the posture that she took in her furnace of affliction. She was moved to protect and honor the bodies of those who could not protect themselves. Hallelujah. 
So, so the word of the Lord tells us that the word had gotten to David what what she was what she was doing. Hallelujah! Word finally made it to the kingdom that Rizpah has been out here all this time, sackcloth spread out on a rock, protecting the bodies of her dead sons. And, and 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 what happened? Hallelujah. What was King David's response? King David came to himself actually. Hallelujah. Let me let me let me read it to you the way the word of the Lord says it. So so the Bible says that at verse 11, David was told what Rizpah, the daughter of Aya, the concubine of Saul, had done. So David went and took the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son, from the uh, men of Gilead, who had stolen them from the open square of Beit-Shean, where the Philistines had hanged them at the time of the Philistine, at the time the Philistines had killed Saul at Geboa. <clears throat> and he brought up from there the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son, they also gathered the bones of those who had been hanged, okay? So so he did not move to give the former king a proper kingly burial until this woman took a stand. Hallelujah. Till this woman took a stand. And, and this is what I'm saying right here, like what I see in Rizpah's furnace. Hallelujah. Is that, you know, there is something very powerful um, that is made available to us when we find ourselves being afflicted on the basis of somebody else's actions. Because what did this woman truly achieve? Hallelujah. She, through her affliction, God restored order. Through her affliction. God restored order because watch this. Even though they had satisfied the Gibeonites by giving up the seven sons, they were still in a famine. The word of the Lord says that the famine didn't lift until after Saul, uh, King David did what? Until after he went, hallelujah, and recovered the body of Saul and Jonathan and collected the bodies of the seven and gave them, hallelujah, a proper burial, a proper burial. Then the famine lifted. Then the famine lifted. So, so when we find ourselves, hallelujah, being afflicted in the furnace of affliction, not because of something that we did, right? But because of something that somebody else did and we're suffering, we're suffering for it. This is a very powerful position to be in. And I think, I believe it calls us, hallelujah, to a place of surrender. Say, Lord, for, for what purpose? And, 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 and even, even so, right, the mind that Rizpah had, she was like, no, uh-uh. I, you know what? I could not stop you from giving up my sons because you are the king. But I'm going to tell you what. We're not just going to leave them out here 
like this. And I don't care how long I have to stay. I'm going to stay until you come and take them down. You see what I'm saying? Because God is a God of order. And and, and her work, this, this beautiful work that she had accomplished in her furnace of affliction, it brought a certain level of refinement in David's kingdom, hallelujah, and order in that there was this curse that still remained on the land because of the bloodshed, right? But not only that, there were some things, some things that David did not close out. Jonathan's body was still uh, somewhere it shouldn't have been. Saul's body was still somewhere it shouldn't have been. He did not finish the work hallelujah and so so here's the takeaway here here's my last takeaway hallelujah with 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 Rizpah Rizpah demanded that the situation be brought to a place of rest hallelujah and I think that also was the will of God that all of this God wanted all of this to be brought to a place of rest and in the famine was a furnace of affliction that got David's attention, hallelujah, to, to inquire of the Lord to find out, hey, Lord, what why what is the cause of this famine? Right? But it it, it was through the final action of David, hallelujah, that the Lord lifted the, the the lifted the um the curse that he allowed the rain, hallelujah, to pour down on the land. But you couldn't have got there without Rizpah's furnace of affliction and the posture that she had taken to demand hallelujah that the affliction come to an end hallelujah this is what she she, she, she was demanding <coughs> like she, she, she was standing in a resistance hallelujah she demanded that this affliction come to an end, that this situation come to a place of rest and be resolved. There was no peace and there was no rest for her as long as her sons were in, in that dishonorable state, right? Because to be hung and then to be left out there and allowing the wild animals to tear up your body that's like a sign of of a, a person who is a curse but this is not this is not the life of her sons she had honorable she had honorable sons hallelujah and so she placed a mandate on the kingdom yeah that was on david's kingdom to come and restore order but sometimes when we find ourselves in the furnace of affliction, hallelujah, it moves us into this space where we began to place a mandate on the kingdom of God. And we're asking, hallelujah, that certain things be resolved and brought to a place of rest. Hallelujah. We're asking God to bring rest to certain situations. Hallelujah. Ladies' bodies to rest. Not just my son's but all seven hallelujah not just the seven but the king and his other son as well hallelujah because this was god's will 
that this whole thing be brought to a place of completion. And this is the, the will of Almighty God for us, that everything in our life, anything that has moved out of order, will come to a place of resolve and completion. But God performs a mighty work, hallelujah, through people who, who step into these gaps of, of intercession, and prayer hallelujah who who pull on the kingdom of god for change you know even in the midst of their suffering what we see from riz Pa's story hallelujah is that in our furnace of affliction that god is not only able to refine me as an individual but he can refine a nation he can refine a whole kingdom hallelujah he can refine a country he can refine a family Hallelujah. But it all comes down to how do you respond to affliction? Do you let it harden your heart? Do you become calloused, resentful, bitter, angry? You know, hallelujah. Or do you press into the place of worship? You accept the furnace create that spiritual altar look to the lord most high and let him complete a work hallelujah a refining work in you do you move into the place of fasting prayer and intercession hallelujah where where god is able to use you to break strongholds to overturn to to change minds <laughs> to overturn systems hallelujah to restore order these are things that god is able to accomplish in the earth and sometimes hallelujah it is about the furnace of affliction that brings us to a place to pray a certain type of way <laughs> to believe a certain type of way to place a mandate on the kingdom in a certain type of way hallelujah this is my last verse for us tonight the word of the lord says to us in second corinthians chapter 4 um i want to start reading it at verse 16 god says to us be encouraged he says this is why we do not lose courage though our outer self is heading for decay <laughs> our inner self is being renewed daily hallelujah for our light and transient troubles or some translations say our momentary afflictions are achieving <clears throat> for us <coughs> hallelujah for our light and transient troubles are achieving for us an everlasting glory whose weight is beyond description so watch this verse 18 so this is our posture in the furnace of affliction so he says so we concentrate not on what is seen if you notice the response is here the constant the concentration hallelujah wasn't on what is seen job worshiped david interceded and worshiped hallelujah Rizpah stepped into a place of warfare hallelujah she stepped into a place as protector she placed a mandate on the kingdom that the king would come and bring the situation to closure 
hallelujah and our king jesus christ our lord he responds to us in that in that way he brings things to resolve and so hallelujah verse 18 we concentrate not on what is seen but on what is not seen since things seen things are temporary but things not seen are eternal this is how we endure our furnace of affliction hallelujah we've got to focus in on christ jesus our lord his completed work create an altar within our heart yield to the lord most high surrender to the furnace surrender to the fire hallelujah ask the lord to show you everything that he is trying to burn up or demolish or destroy within you hallelujah and surrender that stuff let him complete that work in your whole being and let him and allow him to posture you for a work hallelujah that extends just that extends beyond you so that you have greater impact hallelujah in the earth that you have greater impact in the earth this i feel like i'm telling you it is a powerful a powerful place to be in the furnace of affliction and have the audacity <laughs> having the audacity to operate in intercession to 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 be one who covers to place a mandate hallelujah on the kingdom of god for order and righteousness to surrender to the purifying fire not just for your house but for every house that is connected to you for the whole household of faith you will be accomplishing much you will be accomplishing much in the spirit realm hallelujah so the refining begins when we are willing to turn our heart to the lord most high even in the furnace of affliction amen amen hallelujah this is about forever my name is dr ebony robinson thank you guys for tuning in with me and bearing with me so long uh in this session i invite you to go back and read the 48th chapter of isaiah in full and revisit the stories hallelujah of rizpah david and job that we might rightly posture ourselves and take a page from their book as we endure our various furnaces of affliction to god be the glory for the great things that he has done until next time you all be blessed <laughs>